Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. We're talking here with Hal Shirtliff of Camp Constitution. Uh, You've brought up some incredible points, and I want to just amplify I want to amplify one that we were talking about, and that is the limited powers of the federal government. Uh, we all know about Article One, Section 8, that are the enumerated powers. Yes, there are a few more, but the whole concept was really very simple. People were supposed to go, were elected to go to Washington to, to do the very, very limited business of the federal government. Our founders felt it might take two, three, four months a year. And then they were all supposed to go home and live among their peers and live by the rules and laws that they had passed in Washington. Uh, And that is the whole concept that has been abandoned by the professional political class, which now inhabits uh, the halls of power in Washington, D.C., and that's really why one of the main reasons that we are in trouble now. These people are in it for themselves. When it takes, when someone is willing to spend, or people are willing, willing to spend $90 million uh, to get someone elected to a job that pays $175,000 a year, you know they're in it for a heck of a lot more than the income. So that money's got to come back somewhere, and you know where it comes back. That's correct. And also, um, this notion of that with this notion of inflation. I remember growing up uh, in the 70s when we heard this whip inflation now by the Ford administration. They wanted us to believe that inflation was caused by uh, women who wouldn't clip coupons and greedy business owners and union officials. Well, there may be some issues there, but it's got nothing to do with inflation. There's an old saying that blaming rising prices on inflation is like blaming um, wet sidewalks for rain. Inflation is nothing more than the increase of the money supply. And my heavens, have we been increasing that money supply the last several years? And um, if Congress has its way, at least the Democrats in Congress, they want to increase it another five trillion. And they have the audacity to tell us with a straight face that it's not going to cost us anything. I said, my common core math has really taken over here when 3.5 million equals zero. And again, they're on. Biden says it. Uh, the, the spokeswoman, the Jen Saki, she says it. It won't cost us anything. They really must think the average American is stupid. Well, the problem it's, it's is the, amazing. the average American is kept in the dark. We have several generations 
uh, of kids have not gone to Camp Constitution like they that's ought right. to have, and that's one of our <laughs> problems. And when you look at any of these interviews on the street where they talk to people and they ask them questions about the government, uh, most of them have absolutely no idea who anyone is or what anyone is supposed to do. That's a total failure of the education system, which is why homeschooling is so... Uh, so important and why homeschooling in a county like ours uh, is is really almost the norm. We have 20% of our school children here are being homeschooled because they're being brought up right uh, and their parents know that. What is an average day like at Camp Constitution? What happens? Well, well, Sunday is our orientation for the staff and for the uh, campers and, you know, the participants. First full day, we uh, we have an optional run and swim or both. If you can do both, we call it the polar bear swim, which in July in New Hampshire, it's not too cold. Uh, then we have uh, flag raising ceremonies and morning devotions. And we are a non-denominational. We are Christian centered, but we're not any particular denomination. And we respect that. Uh, we teach the youngsters proper flag etiquette. So we the youngsters will participate in the flag raising of a scripture verse. And then we have breakfast, three classes in the morning. We also have a wonderful program for the youngsters. We call it the Patriot Camp or the Junior Camp. And the, the lady who teaches it is a retired school teacher, Mrs. Edith Kraft. She does a phenomenal job and she has lots of help. And these youngsters, uh, they're from five to 11, will learn some of the great history of our nation. They'll sing some, some, you know, sing some, a few hymns before they get started. And we have lots of costumes. So we'll dress them up as uh, Paul Revere or we dress them up in colonial outfits and including little toy muskets. <laughs> and uh, they learn, and history, teaching history should be, learning history should be fun. I've had so many people tell me how much they hate it because the way that it was taught. I said, it should be taught. It should be a lot of fun. And I mentioned some of the caliber of our instructors. So three classes in the morning and then after lunch, uh, we have some organized activities, basketball, volleyball, um, wiffle ball, softball. Uh, we have uh, chess tournaments, uh, uh, pool tournaments, all, uh, all kinds of things like that. And then we usually go on an optional field trip uh, over the years. We've gone to the state capitals of uh, the state houses in New Hampshire, to Massachusetts. We've been to Bunker Hill. We've been to Concord and Lexington Battle Greens. Um, and so um, uh, this year we went to the Calvin Coolidge Homestead in nearby Vermont. Uh, so uh, we, and that's usually just one, one afternoon. And then uh, after dinner, we have a couple more classes. Uh, then we have campfire. And at a campfire, it's uh, you know we sing some of the uh, some of the uh, we have a camp song book and we do skits and uh, campers will maybe bring their instruments, and it's very wholesome. We uh, we generally take their cell phones away from the campers when they come in. Now they're if they're with their parents, just don't need to call home. They're right there. They can communicate, but uh, we don't have them texting and walking around with cell phones. So for a whole week, they kind of like uh, they're uh, they don't have them, and they actually have to talk to each other. And with the, after the first day, they get kind of used to it. And uh, we have people wishing that we would extend it another week. And sometimes the the campers are crying because they don't want to go home. And I it's I don't want them to cry, but I'm very glad they're so happy that they've made some good friends. 
and we have some campers and families come back every every year and then um, and some of the campers are now counselors and instructors because our job is to create the next generation of freedom patriot activists and we do have one of our young campers actually got elected to a town office in Maine nearby Maine and we're going to be very excited about that. expertly trained and qualified to handle your eye care needs he has nearly 50 years of experience working with various vision and degenerative disorders and is certain he can help you. He believes that eye care should be available to everyone, no matter their current situation, and he provides eye services to anyone regardless of their ability to pay. He also offers 24-hour emergency services. Please call Dr. Dan Eichenbaum in Murphy, 828-837-5404. We are back with Hal Shirtliff, co-founder and director of Camp Constitution, held for five days each summer at the Singing Hills Christian Camp in Plainfield, New Hampshire. The camp's motto is honoring the past, teaching the present, preparing the future. Hal was born, raised, and up until late last year, lived in Boston, Massachusetts, and now he resides in Alton, New Hampshire. Hal is a U.S. Army veteran who spent two years in West Germany and a year in the 101st Airborne. He is a member of the Sons of the American Revolution. Hal hosts a weekly radio program that airs on WBCQ, The Planet, and has appeared as a guest on hundreds of radio shows. Hal is married with five homeschooled children and two grandchildren. Well, that sounds great, you know, and you mentioned history. I think, to me, uh, the lessons of history are what we must impart. You know, I was, I was thinking, you know, people ask me, you know, what, what's happening and why don't, why don't young people understand the threats on Earth? When we were growing up, we had a real visible threat present every single day, and that was the Soviet Union. We knew what was going on over there. Absolutely everyone knew. And there was that threat of nuclear annihilation and, and mutually assured destruction. So we had an enemy that we knew about on a day-to-day basis. Now, that is just not the case. And generations have grown up without that threat, so they don't understand that the world is a very risky place. And if we need to, if we are going to preserve our individual freedom, we have to maintain the integrity of the United States and obey the Constitution and Bill of Rights. Interesting that you brought that up because you're very correct. Um, of course, now we're dealing with this thing called the 1619 Project in Critical Race Theory. So uh, this year, we were very delighted to have Mrs. Mary Graybar, Dr. Graybar, who just authored a book and called uh, Exposing uh, 1619 Exposed. And she'd be a great guest for you. We also had her. She also wrote uh, Debunking Howard Zinn. Howard Zinn's filthy book, uh, The People's History of the United States, is uh, very popular in the government schools. And I refer to Zinn as the patron demon of Antifa. He died about five or six years ago, but it's his influence that has been um, pr- promoting this concept of America being evil and racist. All this horrible things about this great country uh, has been inculcated in these government schools and these teachers are more than happy to teach this stuff. 
And this is what we see. We see the we see the riots that happened all over the United States last year. And on, God forbid, we'll be happening again. I hope not. Uh, we see these people burning American flags. Well, wh- why do they have this much hatred? Because this is what they're be- what's being taught in schools. So uh, Mary Mary uh, Graybar did an incredible job. She did. She gave a few classes at camp this year, uh, and very well received. And uh, and there are other people like her that are going out there and exposing the lies of the New York Times and uh, the lady who came up with the 1619 project. And this is my my troubling thing is that people will say, well, we if we're getting we were successful in getting the 1619 the CRT out of schools, but the folks. That are the problem is those teachers that are happy to teach that are still there and they're still going to influence it. So even if you gave them a great textbook that promotes a proper history, they're going to be poisoning those minds. This is why I say when people ask me for advice when it comes to their schools, I said, yes, run for school committee, take a stand. Your, your taxes are supporting it, but do your utmost to get your children out of those government schools. It will only get worse. That advice was given to me back in 1989 by my late friend, Sam Blumenfeld. And I tell people kind of kiddingly, the only two times my children set foot in the public school, one, there was a church renting out a facility in a government school in Boston. And two, my, my three of my daughters dance, uh, well, they did, and they, they're a little grown now, but they did recitals at a government school in the town of Westwood or Norwood, Massachusetts. Those are the only times they set foot in a government school. And I'm so delighted that they're doing very well. So we've home and homeschooling back in the 90s and the 80s was a little more challenging. Today, there's so many resources out there. There's every state has a homeschool convention. Practically, there's homeschool support groups. There's homeschool legal groups. And really, there is very few excuses. And you look at the extended family members, you know, I say, well, I'm not a great history teacher, um, but, you know, Uncle Joe is. Uh, and you have so many online uh, entities. There's one called the Freedom Project uh, Education, uh, led by my good friend, Dr. Duke Pesta, who's been, a count, uh, been an instructor at a camp. There's K-12 online, and there's many others out there. I think Ron Paul has a great homeschool program. And really, there is no excuse why we have to put our children into these environments. And on top of what the the stuff they're learning or not learning is they're all being forced to have vaccines and they got to wear masks all day long. To me, that's child abuse. So uh, I would encourage every parent uh, to get their children or grandchildren uh, out of these government schools as quickly as possible, because uh, this is what this is why the, our generation, the generation in, in school now, we're losing it because of what's being taught. And we need to, uh, and, you know, King Solomon said the beginning of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And how many parents who are, who call themselves Christians appreciate that? I hear people say, well, I try to deprogram them when they come back from school. And they think it's pretty funny that little Mary comes back and says, daddy, you're not recycling. You're a fascist, you know, or the world's going to end in 10 years if we don't turn our thermostats down and all this kind of stuff. And it's worse, in cases worse than that. And, uh, and so the government teachers have them five days a week, six or seven days, uh, six or seven hours a day. And you may have a, what, a half an hour of quality time here and there. And you think uh, you're, you're, you're going to prevail. Your worldview is going to prevail over them. You know, I had a, a dear friend that uh, he was part of, he was our music uh, instructor at, at, at one of the churches I attended. And he said that Christians should, children should be in government schools to influence the, uh, the other students. And I said, 
teachers, adult teachers who are Christians, absolutely. But young people? And I asked him, I said, what would you think of me that on the way to church that I dropped my children off at the Unitarian Sunday School? Would you question my commitment to Christianity? And he said, well, of course I would. I says, why would you do that? Well, the Unitarians, they don't believe in the Trinity. They don't believe in this. They support abortion. They support socialism. And they support all kinds of other things that are incompatible to uh, Christianity. I said, absolutely right. Why would I send my child to a Unitarian prep school five days a week? And I think uh, I think it resonated with them. Well, that's really an excellent point, because you may have quality time with your kid at night, but he's spending all those hours, not just with the teacher, but with his peers who are similarly influenced. And they kind of amplify uh, all of the all of the bad stuff that they're taught because they sit there and they talk about it and one will influence the other. And so you're absolutely right. You know, here we have so many homeschool kids here in, in our county that the homeschool association gets together one day a week. And so all the kids actually have one day of school with each other and the other four, of course, in their separate homes. It gives them a little better outlook, a little more exposure to other kids, and it makes it more like uh, more like school in that sense. One of the other things you mentioned, of course, was critical race theory, and that really comes back to one of the biggest ills that we face, one of the biggest battles, and that is group identity politics. The fact is that the government selects a favored group, and also the antithesis of that would be that you have a group of scapegoats. And unfortunately, right now, white Christians are the scapegoats, and uh, that really is a, a very, very deleterious effect on society because that splits us right away. Um, and that's one of the things that is not a constitutional way because all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with unalienable rights. And that is constitutional. Critical race theory is definitely not. Well, the critical race theory uh, basically says that there is a victim class and an exploiter class. And, uh, you know, I think everybody know everyone. I remember being taught history. We knew there was slavery. We knew some of the founding fathers owned slaves. We also know that since that since we became a country in July 4th, 1776, that much was done to alleviate it. Even in the early years, a number of states had abolished slavery. And then uh, it, where the rest of the world was still enslaving, the concept, the Western concept that slavery was wrong was was becoming more um, more prominent. And it took a while, unfortunately, but it, it, that we were able to abolish it completely by 1865. And, uh, and unfortunately, a great war was uh, be, somewhat somewhat related to slavery. I mean, I don't believe that the Civil War is strictly over slavery, but definitely it motivated a lot of people. And uh, I think we have much to be proud of as, as Amer the American people. Uh, we did so much to alleviate it and so much goodwill between the races over the years. Uh, if you look at uh, from 1865 to 1965, the uh, black Americans have prospered more in 100 years than probably any group in the history of mankind. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government 
is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Call me the mischief. expertly trained and qualified to handle your eye care needs. He has nearly 50 years of experience working with various vision and degenerative disorders and is certain he can help you. He believes that eye care should be available to everyone no matter their current situation and he provides eye services to anyone regardless of their ability to pay. He also offers 24-hour emergency services. Please call Dr. Dan Eichenbaum in Murphy, 828-837-5404. 